I'm sure you find it as amazing as do the rest of us that the great majority of agents have to learn things the hard way. It's only natural to think that if a great discovery were made in a particular generation, all the succeeding generations would know about it and utilize it for their own good. But in many things, such is not the case. It's true with inventions, most of them, and discoveries which obviously affect our lives, but it frequently is not true when it comes to the great laws which determine the direction of our individual destinies, particularly in the profession of life insurance sales. There's a story about one of the third world countries in which a group of laborers was hired to work on a farm. These people came from a small remote village where motor vehicles were still largely unknown. They were enjoying the new experience of being transported on the back of a truck. They were having a great time when they came to the place where they thought they were supposed to get off. Well, without giving it a thought, apparently, they just stepped off the back of the speeding truck. Now, fortunately, they fell on a soft dirt road, not a paved highway, but even then the results of their unconventional method of disembarking were, to say the least, surprising. They went bounding, spinning, sliding, and cartwheeling along the dusty road for quite a distance before gravity and friction working together finally brought them to an astounded halt. None were seriously injured. In fact, by the time the terrified driver had stopped the truck and got back to them, they were laughing uproariously about the whole thing. Well, the truck driver, in explaining the incident later, put the blame on their never having ridden in trucks before. Well, that's the obvious answer, but not the right one. The amazing circus tumbling act on a remote farm road had been caused by ignorance of a law. A law that operates the same whether a truck, a boat, an airplane, a bullet, or any moving body is involved. Sir Isaac Newton gave us the law, and it goes like this. A body in motion tends to remain in motion until acted upon by an outside force. When the workers stepped off the back of the speeding truck, they were going the same speed as the truck itself. The outside force was gravity, which pulled them down to the road, still traveling at the same speed of the truck, and, well, you get the idea. They'd been hurt, confused, frightened, and turned upside down because of their ignorance of a law of physics. They might have been killed. But all over the insurance world, there are numerous agents who are being hurt, confused, frightened, and whose selling lives are turned upside down because they don't understand the principal law on which everything in the universe operates, the law of cause and effect. This law has been written thousands of times by the greatest men the world has produced, and as a result has appeared in many forms. For our purposes, it might best be put this way. Our rewards in selling life insurance will always match our service. It's another way of saying, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. And it's been written in many ways in every language on earth. Sir Isaac Newton, in promulgating his laws of physics, land can evaluate in a second the amount of service, the contribution this man is giving to his project. How can you tell? You can tell by seeing what the land is giving back to the man. Planting the plot is only the first step. We're given the plot, and that's all we should be given. It is what we do with it that will determine its degree of greatness and success. Do you remember the story of the preacher who was driving by a beautiful farm? The fields were cultivated and abundant with well-cared-for crops. The fences, house, and barns were clean and neat and freshly painted. A row of pine trees led from the road to the house where there were shaded lawns and flower beds. Well, it was a beautiful sight to behold. So when the farmer working in the field got to the end of a row near the road, the preacher hailed him and said, God has blessed you with a beautiful farm. And the farmer stopped and thought a moment and wiped the perspiration from his face and said, Yes, he has, and I'm grateful. But you should have seen it when he had it all to himself. 
You see, the farmer understood that he had been blessed with a fine farm, but he was also aware that it was his own love and labor which had brought it to its present state. Each of us is given a plot to work, a lifetime, and the work we've chosen. Like the farmer, we'll be grateful if we have the vision, imagination, and intelligence to build well and successfully upon the seemingly unimpressive land of our beginning. Or we can let it fall into a haphazard condition with no real continuity or purpose behind it, with unpainted ramshackle buildings surrounded by weeds and debris. It's the same land, it's what we do with it that makes the difference. The miracle is there, if only we're wise enough to see it and to realize that our fulfillment as successful life insurance professionals depends upon our reaction to what we've been given. In thinking of ways of increasing your service, listen carefully and inwardly digest what the kinders have to say about strategy and activity. Form the habit of reading one good book on salesmanship each month. Learn what others have found to work well for them, but at the same time, think of original and creative ways of increasing your service your way, ways that are unique with you and the way you are. Going at it strong for a week or a month and then falling back into old habits is just like working for a week or a month on that plot of ground and then abandoning it. Before long, it'll be no better than before. Each morning and during the day, ask yourself this question. How can I increase my service today, knowing that my rewards in selling life insurance must be and will be an exact proportion to my service. If you do this every day, you will have started to form one of life's most valuable habits. Horace Mann wrote, If any man seeks for greatness, let him forget greatness and ask for truth, and he'll find both. You see, you can cut away all the confusion and complications and nagging worries and vague half-formed fears by returning to the great truth, the great laws, the great verities in which all success, selling and every other kind, all accomplishment, the whole world is built. If you're worried about your commission income or your future, you're concentrating on the wrong end of the scale. Look at the other end. Concern yourself only with increasing your service, seeing more and better prospects, making a superior presentation, and your income and your future will take care of themselves. Don't sit in front of the empty fireplace and ask for heat. You're asking for the impossible. Pile in the wood first, and the heat will come as a result. Next time you're off by yourself in a quiet place, contemplate your plot of ground and begin to sow the seeds which will yield you a rich and abundant harvest. In William James' essay on vital reserves, he wrote, Compared with what we ought to be, we're only half awake. Our fires are damped, our drafts are checked. We're making use of only a small part of our possible mental and physical resources. Stating the thing broadly, he went on, the human individual thus lives usually far within his limits. He possesses powers of various sorts which he habitually fails to use. He energizes below his maximum and he behaves below his optimum. All right, how can we correct the situation? William James gave us the answer. He wrote, either some unusual stimulus fills them with emotional excitement or some unusual idea of necessity induces them to make an extra effort of will. Excitements, ideas, and efforts, he wrote, in a word, are what carry us over the dam. All right? Let your goals represent the excitement. Your ideas and efforts will weigh down the service end of the scale, and the rewards must and will follow. They'll be yours. They are yours the moment you realize this truth. long enough, ultimate demoralization. We can see this frustration on every side. We can see it in the tent, strained and nervous faces in the mountains of tranquilizers which are consumed every day. 
We can also see it in the slack, bovine-like faces of those who have found the whole game too complicated and have simply given up, surrendered to the push and pull of circumstances. How much of this do you suppose is due to misunderstanding or ignorance of this simple and wonderful law of nature? Well, it's my belief that a great deal can be traced to this cause. Now, do you understand this law, fully understand it, intellectually and emotionally? Now, if you do, you can chart a wonderful course through your selling career. Just as the field worker stepped off a speeding truck, just as a child would put its fingers in the way of a closing door, just as a speeding driver discovers he's not going to make the curve, how many times have you been confounded because you acted contrary to the rules, not just the rules of man, but the rules of nature? How many times have you been in the position of the man who sat in front of the empty fireplace and said, give me heat and then I'll give you some wood? Agents seem to be divided into those who understand that the wood must be put in before they can expect warmth and those who feel they should get warmth whether they do anything about it or not, or who feel they should get maximum heat from a very small supply of wood. A life insurance agent's discontent can be said to be represented by the distance between what he has and what he wants. Once he's achieved that which he wants, the odds are good he'll want still more, for that's the way of people and that's good, that's a healthy sign. Constructive discontent is what gives us our continuing upward spiral of production and achievement. So do this if you haven't already. Determine what it is you want. Look objectively at the position in which you now find yourself. Consider the distance separating you from your goals and determine ways of increasing your service so that you'll build a bridge across it. This puts thinking and creative activity into selling. It also assures us that our goals can be achieved by individual effort. An agent's world can be compared to a plot of ground. It exists. It's there. It has inherent within itself an amazing potential and is prepared to react to that agent's every action. In fact, it must. So think of your selling job for a moment as this plot of ground. In the beginning, there's nothing there but earth. If an agent merely sits and watches it, nothing will happen to it. If he tosses a few seeds on it, the rain and the soil's natural fertility will combine to reward him with a few results for his limited efforts. Action, reaction. It all depends upon just what he wants from this plot of earth. It is what he wants that he must first decide. Let's say he wants flower gardens bordered by a beautiful lawn with a big tree in the shade of which he can one day sit and admire his work. So he marks off the area for the gardens, cultivates smooth, cleans the soil of stones and trash, plants his flowers, his lawn, and his tree. From this point on, anyone observing this plot of... On a flying trip sometime back, I had the pleasant experience of having for a seatmate an interesting and very successful gentleman who made a lasting impression on me. When in the course of our conversation I discovered he'd been with the same company for 20 years and had gone right to the top of that company, I asked him a question I've asked with every successful person I've known. I asked, now what was it that got you into the success column? Can you recall the turning point in your career? Well, he smiled and said, I certainly can. I got into the business with my company 20 years ago, and for the first two years, nothing much happened. I was very average and not too happy, frankly, until one day, the business got into me. From that time on, it's been great. It isn't when we get into the business, it isn't when we get into the insurance business that's important. It's when the insurance business gets into us.
He went on to say that like many salespeople starting out, he spent the first two years waiting for the job to prove itself to him. Then one day it dawned on him that it ought to be the other way around. His job offered whatever he wanted to make of it. It would pay him what he earned, bring him any success he earned. It would provide his family with a home and all the material things now and in the years ahead to whatever degree he wanted. But he suddenly realized that it was up to him to prove himself. The job couldn't care one way or another. And that was when the business got into him. Realizing how important his work was to himself, his family, and their future lives, he simply started giving it what it had deserved all along. He threw himself completely into his work, and that was when exciting things began to happen. From that time on, he was no longer a man with an ordinary job in the sense of being separate and apart from his work. Instead, he and his work became one. This did not in any way detract from his family life. In fact, it improved it. And the steady increase in income that began then and has continued to this day has made that man's home life just that much better. If you'll think just a moment, you'll realize that the outstanding people in the insurance industry are those who have managed to make this same discovery. They've overcome handicaps that would have quickly stopped anyone less dedicated. But there must be thousands of men and women in the insurance business today with virtually unlimited opportunity who are needlessly holding themselves back because... They've never made this vital discovery. We'll be great in our sales careers and reap commensurate rewards to the extent that we become one with what we're doing. For example, tests have proved that those agents who most often complained about long hours when the way they spent their time was carefully analyzed were amazed to learn how little time they were spending actually in front of a prospect. And this was the very factor that made their time hang so heavily. Whereas the more purposeful agents found their days passing all too quickly. We're never conscious of the passing of time when we're productively engaged in our work.